podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Menes, and I'm joined by Chloe Amanda Bailey. Chloe, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back on so soon. Always a pleasure to have you back. <laughs> We're here to do a little World Cup update. We've just um, watched the New Zealand team defeat Sri Lanka at the Sydney Cricket Ground in a really strong performance by the New Zealand team. But, look, since we last did a podcast, so you and I re- reviewed the India game, there's been some big shocks. So later that night... Night, uh, Zimbabwe beat Pakistan, which, I mean, could the day get any better for Indian cricket fans? A big win at the Sydney Cricket Ground and then Pakistan gets beaten by Zimbabwe. What a day. They are wired about it. And funnily enough, I was telling you my Uber driver on the way here was a Pakistan fan and he was just kind of like, I'm not watching any more matches. I can't I can't deal with it. I love their passion. They take it so seriously. Um but yeah, I think like the look on Barbara's arm's face said it all at the end of that match. Devastation. It was an absolute thriller. One of the best matches of the tournament. There's been five upsets so far and beautiful scenes with Zimbabwe. There was a video that came out where they were, they were dancing on the field afterwards with the traditional music and scenes from Harare and the sports club there. Just, just a really another magical moment in this T20 World Cup that's been filled with beautiful moments for Scotland, for Namibia, for Ireland, now Zimbabwe. I mean... They're the things that really lift up this tournament. Yeah, and you know me, I love an up, a bit of an upset. Um, so I've loved witnessing it all. Uh, and sounds like you had a bit of fun yesterday in, in Melbourne. <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah, things haven't been great the last two days. So after that, I, I flew down to Melbourne for a doubleheader at the MCG and Ireland versus Afghanistan was abandoned. And then a few hours later, uh, the England v Australia match was abandoned. So I, I flew down, didn't see a ball of cricket Um Look, I soaked up the atmosphere at the MCG and it, the one thing that was frustrating, Chloe, was there was a bit of a tease going on because the weather stopped for a couple of hours and I thought, actually, I'll get a little game on here and I started to get my hopes up and they were completely dashed when the rain came back again. And, um, yeah, they, look, there was no criticism of the groundsman. It was too wet to play. Um, I just ate myself silly um, there <laughs> to sort of uh, deal with the Ease depression. The <laughs> yeah, I had a donut at about 10pm, so... Well, I mean, I, I was in Sydney um, and I had the... I didn't have the sound on my television, but obviously I was... I had Fox on, I was eagerly awaiting to see what was happening and it looked like they took the covers off, Finchie was out there, um, Joss was out there... Yeah. ...and just waiting to see what would happen and... Nothing Nothing, nothing the, happened. The, the infield was really wet and a lot of the English journal, journalists who specialise in complaining were complaining a lot about the scheduling and why wasn't it at Docklands and all just, you know, they're pulling out everything. But in the end, it rains, it rains. And mm. can you imagine if they'd scheduled any games in the World Cup at Docklands over the MCG? Like, Afghanistan had the opportunity to play at the MCG. OK, it was rained out twice and they didn't get it. 
But if they scheduled those matches at the Docklands, well, they're never going to get a chance. So no, no. You can't do anything about the weather. Yes, no. La Nina is one of those things. Um, oh, yeah, we're having a great run of summer rain. <laughs> exactly. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll go through the ladders, but let's um, review tonight's game at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, first impressions, Chloe? Well, when New Zealand was batting, I thought Sri Lanka was all over it in those first few overs. I mean, at the end of the fourth, 15 for three. Um, or three for 15, whichever way. <laughs> I know the Australians do it the other way to me. Um, and then in the seventh over, that dropped catch. Of Glenn Phillips. Glenn Phillips was on 13, I believe. Dropped catch and then it was it's replaying in the background right now. I can see it. Um, that was the turning th- point. That was the turning And you was sat there and you just said to me, this is the turning point. Glenn Phillips is going to, like, kick off. And then what happened? Well, yeah, exactly. So they were three down and then Mitchell, Daryl Mitchell, and who we saw do so well in the last T20 mm. World Cup, he stayed with Phillips and they put on 84 runs and that got New Zealand going. But, um, you know, after 10 overs, New Zealand were only 54 for three. Mm-hmm. Sri Lanka had bowled really well, fielding let them down and um, Darstin Sharnaka said that drop catch was the turning point afterwards. So they, they knew that you can't let good players off. Um, and then Glenn Phillips went on to smash 102 of 61 balls. That helped New Zealand score 113 in the last 10 overs. Mm-hmm. And that got them up to seven for 167. Phillips finished on 100. Oh, he was defeated. He was dismissed for 104 of 64 balls. Um, and he said afterwards that it was the, the best knock of his uh, New Zealand career so far. And, you know, he's had a good time in Sydney. He made his test debut here, took that mm-hmm. fantastic catch against Australia. And now 100. Uh, good night for Glenn Phillips. Great night for Glenn Phillips. And, yeah, he did He did say it was uh, his best 100. And you saw the emotion after the, what I love watching the celebrations. And, you know, I think it's funny. When I was looking at the scorecard after the other scores, Finn Allen won, Devin Conway won, and, of course, they were the ones that teed off against Australia. They both were amazing when they played Australia and when they beat us here. Kane Williamson, 8, Daryl Mitchell, 22, Nisham, 5, Santner, 11, Sodi, 1, Southie, 4, Glenn Phillips, 104. Just he like, stands out, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, it's just that one key contributor... And it just they got him to that to that score, and he was caught at one hundred four. Um, and he was elated when he he scored the hun- yeah. hundred. Yeah, you know, to do it in a World Cup. Yeah, with your backs to the wall. He, you know, he said he liked partnering with Mitchell because, you know, Mitchell likes those tough situations, and it was a tough situation. You know, if Sri Lanka win here, that throws the whole group open, puts New Zealand in with England and Australia on three points. So they they won, and they sort of go ahead of the group now. So huge partnership. Yeah, well, Philip said that um, Daryl kind of he thinks that he's primed for that like he really feels like he's primed for those pressure you know pressure moments in a game and then they went on to do that and incredible yeah so they and then look Sri Lanka they 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 never threatened the total it was a disappointing batting performance at one stage they were four for eight then they were five for 24 Nisanka was out for a duck Mendes for four Dan and Jay De Silva a duck um Asalanka for so the top order just didn't contribute at all, no. and there's no recovering from that. Bolt took four for thirteen, Santner two for twenty-one. They were all out for one hundred and two. Sri Lanka, the desperately disappointing batting performance. The, the um, Shainika said it was a tough wicket to bat on, and boy, did they make it look tough tonight. They did, and I just I thought it was funny. I mean, I know, and they batted second, but um, 
I thought it was quite a contrast what he said compared to what Glenn Phillips said because Glenn Phillips was like, you know, after the first five overs, he said he didn't face, face a quick till the fifth over, which was a bit of luck for him. But he said the pitch was prepared beautifully and, and he didn't mind batting on it. So, I well, mean, I know that... Well, you're going to say that after he's scored Yeah, obviously. But, yeah. Um, but I think it did get just, a bit... I think Bolt and was really impressive and actually all the New Zealand were... You know I love a left arm quick. Yeah, we've got the ball hooping around. And, and we were lucky to be down on the ground to, to yes. see some of him. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so Chloe and I went on a little adventure now into the um, Sri Lankan supporters in front of the Bill O'Reilly stand. And, and just, jinxed them and yeah, the wickets were falling. Yes, <laughs> we, didn't, we, we didn't bring any luck for them. It was, it was a terrible spirit when we were there. But beautiful spirit they brought to the game. And, you know, the Sri Lankan fans with their families, they were singing and they had the music. You know, this, this T20 World Cup really is a festival of cricket. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think I pointed out to you when we were doing that walk, I was like, there are... There are fans here with their Pakistan jerseys on, they're fancy with their India jerseys on, like, the, you know, they all just love to come and support cricket. And um, one of the gentlemen, when we got over to the Sri Lankan fans and just went right into the middle of it we and did. they were so welcoming. And one of the gentlemen there said, you know what, even if we're not doing well, you can still be here and party with us because we will be positive and partying. And it was great. Yeah, and he said, you know, come and join us in the with the island vibe. Yes. And boy, was it, you know, it was funky down there, the music, uh, everyone having a good time. And, uh, you know, we got up to leave. And if you go on to Chloe's Instagram, you'll see. <laughs> but she, she, you know, the Sri Lankans play rugby as well. And I think one, one of them just gave her the, the sly elbow as she was leaving. I don't know why, but... Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> we get back to the press box and um, one of the... Uh, ushers on the outside she said oh we saw you get swamped on the television and I, I said to Manners I wonder if it's the one shot they show is me getting hit in the head and it was Lo and behold that's what's on television my dms are full of people saying so you get hit in the head on television <laughs> yeah um I, I was clueless at this stage you know <laughs> Chloe's just uh you know we get around the back and Chloe's like I just got whacked in the head and Manners was like don't care, don't care <laughs> no. yeah. can we get back um, I yeah can we get back because we also got lost we acted like we knew where we were going in the stadium and got absolutely lost. Ended up in like an alcohol, a room full of alcohol before some other man came and saved us. Yes. So we didn't drink any of the alcohol. No, absolutely not. We're working hard. Um, but it was a real <laughs> adventure. And, uh, yeah, beautiful colour the Sri Lankans brought to this game. There was 15,121 here, which is a great crowd for a, a neutral game. And, uh, you know, despite the result, um, great atmosphere. Um all right. Anything else you want to add about the game? Um, then I want to have a look at the ladders. No, I just thought, you know, you asked me at the start after the national anthems, you said, do you think Sri Lanka can win? And I said yes, and I honestly believed that. And, well, no. Maybe if they'd Kiwis taken that catch off Phillips, they would have. Honestly, it, it's, it's crazy how many overs they then went on not taking a wicket mm. after that incredible start. So, yeah. With, yeah. It was a tough night for Sri Lanka, but they um, they throwed a few punches. But they've had such terrible injuries. They've had six replacements. I saw that, five imagine, injuries in the qualifying. Can you imagine the Australian squad had had six people brought in, what we'd be looking at now? Yeah, it would be so, crazy. Yeah, you know, kudos for the Sri Lankans for battling it out because yeah. they're really up against it. Yeah, and Sharnika said that, you know, five. they had like five or six injuries in the qualifying rounds and then they bring in new young players and... So they're battling on, trying mm. to... I mean, and they are Asia Cup winners. They had a bounce back that in the last couple of months. Um, and he still seemed positive and confident. Um, you know, I guess you have to be, especially when you're a leader in the group, right? One of the leaders. Um, 
confident that they can turn it around. So it'll be interesting to see what they take from tonight. But he just said that the fielding was really poor and, and we did see that is what let uh, them exactly. down. And, and then the imagine, top order couldn't contribute yeah. any runs. And, you know, hard for these players, you know, you're in Colombo, you're not expecting to play in a World Cup and then you get the call, jump on a plane, there's been an injury. So, yeah, tough for the Sri Lankans. Let's look at the two um, ladders, um, Group 1 and 2, after the results that we spoke about. So in Group 1, New Zealand is on top tonight with five points and, you know, winning by such a big margin has boosted the net run rate to 3.85. But then it's a real logjam. You've got England, Ireland and Australia all on three points. Um, but England lead with uh, a better net run rate. Then Ireland are still ahead of Australia and then Australia in fourth. So Australia will need to really try and hammer Ireland to lift their net run rate above theirs. And then you've got Sri Lanka on two points and Afghanistan on two points for the two rainouts. So, look, it, it is a tight ladder, but, you know, New Zealand are looking really good now for for getting through to the semi-finals. And, you know, England, Australia and Ireland are probably battling out for the second spot. Yeah, and I mean, it might be one of those things that all comes down to net run rate and we might look back on our first game against New Zealand where we got smacked and that really hurt our um, net run rate. And I don't you say about that game? How stupid was it that Australia didn't even bat the 20 overs? Like, they should have been smart enough to know even if we just get a runner ball for the next 18 balls, mm-hmm. it's still going to do something for our net run rate. Like, that was stupid cricket. And, like, they say Finch is a great leader, McDonald's a great coach. How can you let that go on? Like, say to them, you know, five hours out for Okay, well, eight down, just bat it out. Get 25 runs even because that could be the difference in that last game when, you know, you get all these crazy net run rate situations. Yeah, and I don't think going into the next match, like I don't think we can take Ireland lightly, right, because they've already caused an upset. Um, I also think it'll be very interesting to see what we do with our batting order because I think that our last match we could have, uh, yeah, we beat Sri Lanka last match. We could have improved our net run rate more if Finchie was batting down the order. Don't get me um, started. Yes, but because Stoinis did, I said to you, I think when we are here for Australia and New Zealand, I said in my eyes, a T20 match, your finishes are batters four and five and you shouldn't really go deeper than that. But we have safety of like Matthew Wade down at like number seven or whatever. But just looking at that Sri Lanka-Australia match, if we batted Finchie down the order, our, we could have finished that game maybe three overers earlier. Exactly. And improved our and net that, run that rate. Because be we really need to look for that to Definitely. improve that. Because it might all come down to that. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to the Ireland v Australia game. Obviously called the Ireland team earlier in, in the build-up to the World Cup. And, you know, I wasn't sure how they, they'd perform, but they've really warmed up nicely. Um, let's look at Group 2 now. Um, we're recording this late Saturday night, and there's going to be a triple header on Sunday. So we're just Triple gonna, header. Yeah, what a dream. Chloe's going to be up till 4 in the morning Australian <laughs> time watching cricket. So we normal, totally normal, normal areas exactly. for me, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in Group 2, India's on top with two wins. Then you've got mm. South Africa, three points. Zimbabwe, three points. Bangladesh, two points. And then Pakistan and the Dutch on a zero point. So they actually um, have only had one no result in Group 2 rather than um, a few more in Group 1. So, um, yeah, Group 2, um, you know, big day on Sunday. So look, we won't talk too much about that because I think those three results are really going to play into um, how that group starts to shape up. But I do want to say that the big matchup is India-South Africa. Oh, yes. That's going to be an amazing match, yeah. I hope. 
I'm I hope sure it's you a do. close one. Yeah, and I think some of the matchups with the South African bowlers to the Indian top order batsmen just because, cannot wait. Because listeners, we are privileged on this podcast. Have you know Virat Kohli's biggest fan with us, <laughs> and now Chloe's laughing. But you're all going to see it soon. Uh, Chloe did a couple of interviews on Indian television and she is going to the moon now. They, they've gone viral. Uh, one's on Tucky TV, one's on, what, India Today, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, well done, Tucky, Chloe. You smashed you. them. Like um, <laughs> Some of the questions were, you know, I don't think were that cricket-specific, more about, like, girly stuff that I think the Indian media gets into. But you, they were still really nice to you and you did a great job. Thank you. Well, they were actually super fun. I mean, I had some trepidation because I was just like, I did, I just did not know what would be coming. But I thought, no, I'll, I'll go in there, do it, and meet. They were, they were so lovely, and um, I've made friends with them now. So yeah. that video has only had half a million views, and that was like three <laughs> hours ago. So by the time it's you're listening to this, thinking that people's half, I have more than it's got nearly six hundred thousand, nearly six hundred thousand people have watched. Yeah, kind incredible. Well, where, where, where did the love of Indian cricket start or when did it start? What triggered it? It started with Virat Kohli because, and I think I said it in one of my interviews saying how like, because uh, Australians love Virat Kohli, right? They love that aggression, that passion that he has for the game. Um, and I just remember many years ago, well, he got his maiden test century here, which I like to think Australia owns that little piece of <laughs> Virat's cricketing history. He got that in Adelaide. I think it was 2011, 2012 series. Yeah, and that was the, the, the tour where he was at the SCG and he gave the crowd the finger at one point and, and, and we were like, this guy's different. This guy's yes, got something. Yes, it was. It was. Um, and, you know, the funniest part I always say to Indian fans about that is, like, in Australia, you would flip off your friends because it's, like, a funny thing. So I don't think Virat realised he was doing that, but just like, I, I think we just loved that. But just seeing him come through, I think he was kind of like, you know, when Surav Gangli came through Indian cricket, he was the kind of one that, cha- you know, they were always seen as like this timid kind of side. And then Surav Gangli came through, remember that famous photo, he took his shirt mm. off on the balcony at, at Lords, I guess it was. Um, and then when Virat came through, just his personality, it just kind of... It kind of reminds me of me playing sport. Okay, here we go. So the narcissist comes out. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. But, but no, but Not I think... Not a narcissist, it's, but it's the passion. It's, uh, it's Australian exactly... love that passion. Yes. People love passion. You know, I'm attracted to people with passion. Yes. And, you know, you're not just a... An Indian fan girl, you love cricket. Like yes. Chloe's thing, you know. Chloe started playing. Um, you know, Chloe's going to shield know, matches on yeah, my day Chloe, off. <laughs> Chloe's into it. Um, but yeah, so you know, if, if you're listening to this, we're lucky to have her before she gets whisked off to India oh, to, gosh. you know, present the IPL or something. Um, all right. Well, look, I, I guess we should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, from near the SCG, um, but another. Great win for New Zealand, looking good. And uh, the World Cup is just keeping on. If, if the rain doesn't sort of ruin any more matches, I think this last bit is going to be so exciting because Group 1 is so tight that mm-hmm. you know, effectively every game there's so much on the line. And what I was saying before about Zimbabwe, and I'm just curious your thoughts on this, Chloe, I sort of feel like this T20 World Cup mm. has really sort of made me think that it could be a bit like, say, the soccer or the football World Cup, where it's a real celebration of countries around the world and the fact that it's bigger than the 50-over World Cup. Um, it's just made me realise that I think T20 cricket has real power to just, I don't know, make this World Cup maybe the second biggest World Cup in in international sport after the football one. Absolutely. And, you know, I you know how much I love test cricket, obviously, but 
for the people that say, you know, of the shorter form of the game, there's no place for it, come and have a look at, at the games. And you know what? I'm so, so happy. Like I said tonight, we also saw some Pakistan fans. We saw some India fans. Like, it's just a celebration of cricket. And I think having it in Australia, where we're such a multicultural country... Is in bringing everyone together, and I just mm. yeah. Greg Chapel wrote right. a great article. A um, friend of the podcast has been on a couple of times. He wrote an article in I think the um, Nine Papers saying that you know that India Pakistan game has taken T Twenty cricket to the next level because it was so intense. Like you don't get T Twenty games that are often that intense and so many swings and so much drama and he said he thinks that's really elevated um, the format um, to fans around the world and I agree with him because you know that that game has just resonated with the public in Australia and I'm sure right around the world. Yeah th- and how thrilling was that game? Um, I had friends at my house to watch it because I couldn't go, oh, you couldn't go either, regret, absolutely, I regret not I had to work somewhere else. And anyway, long story short, I had friends at my house to watch it. And in those final few overs, they were just like, sit down. And I was like, I can't because this is wild. I couldn't sleep for hours afterwards. Yes. I was like so wound up. Yes. Uh, like Paul and I recorded a podcast and, you know, it was up just soaking it in. Yes. So Magic World Cup. Chloe, you're magical. Thanks for joining thank me on the you. podcast. Thank you for having me again. Thanks and to... thank you for joining the World Cup with me. It's been really fun. Yeah, we've had a great time. Plenty more matches to go. Um, but thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be recording something after Ireland, Australia. That'll probably be me and Paul. And then Chloe and I are back here on Thursday for Pakistan, South Africa, which is going to be Cannot an wait. absolute ripper. All right, listeners, thank you. Thanks, Chloe. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.